Welcome to Have Hope Will Travel. I'm your host, Katie Axelson. Y'all, I did a thing last weekend, a thing that I have not done in a very long time. I went to a concert. This is actually a really big deal because when I was in high school, we went to concerts like it felt like every weekend. I literally remember multiple weekends. We had concerts Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. Every single night we went to a different concert. We went to concerts all the time. It was so much fun. And I kind of have continued that. I don't go to concerts nearly as often as I used to, but there are certain bands that when they come to town, I will drop everything. I will consider calling out of work. Like, I will do whatever it takes to go to the concert. My family has to have a rule. Like, we went to so many concerts, my family had a rule. (laughs) The rule was we couldn't travel more than two hours to go to a concert. Two hours! We will drive two hours to listen to what? Two hours of music and drive two hours home. But the rule existed because we broke the rule. There were times when we would plan our family vacations based on if certain artists were going to be in town. Like if we were going to Florida, we would look at all of our favorite artists and be like, oh, they have a concert in Orlando this weekend. We should go that weekend. Um, It never usually worked out, but we literally, there are artists, certain artists I have seen in concert in like five or 10 different states. Like We went to a lot of concerts. But then this thing called a pandemic happened, and I have been to exactly two concerts since the pandemic happened. And both of them have just reminded me of how much I love and how much I miss live music. Like, I am super COVID cautious. Like, I'm not even going to church right now because I don't feel like big groups of people singing together are um, a very safe thing to do. But when certain bands come to town you kind of look at what your options are, right? And one of them, I bought the concert ticket when the um, pandemic was in a much better place. And I thought this is going to be a great like end to the pandemic. And then the pandemic didn't end. So I had to choose if I was going to go or not. And I ultimately decided I was going to wear my best mask. Maybe I wore two masks. I don't remember. And I intentionally stood right in front of the sound booth so that there was nobody behind me and um, spent as much time as I could in the aisle versus right next to the not masked people next to me. And I had a great time, absolutely great time. So last weekend, I went to a Peter Eyde Christmas concert, which I have been to Peter Eyde Christmas concerts for, oh gosh, I don't know, probably 15 years. I don't know if that's actually accurate. We're going to use 15 years, but I don't know if that's 100% true. Also, that's going to be the theme for the podcast. I don't know if that's 100% true. Um, Foreshadowing. So we'll say 15 years. So I have been to Peter Eyed Christmas concerts every single year. I haven't missed a single year for 15 years or however many it's actually been. Um, And it's one of those like anchors in my life, one of those traditions that I know is going to come and happen every single December. And as I was sitting there in my mask in the back um, wondering, like, is it even safe for me to be here? I was thinking about all the different years and all the different places I've been emotionally listening to this concert. Like, y'all, I've been to 15 years worth of shows, okay? I know every lyric. I know every joke. I've seen every video. Like, I get it. I could probably guess with pretty good accuracy the set list. I, I know all of it. Like, it, the element of surprise is not there, but the moment of worship is just as beautiful. And I was thinking about how when I was in high school, the concert was the promise that there was soon going to be a break from school. 
like we were almost done. We didn't have semester breaks that broke around Christmas time, but it was almost time for a break. We just had to keep pushing. And then in college, there was the celebration of the semester was over. And there was absolutely no schoolwork that I could be doing. All I could be doing on Christmas break was annoy my mother, which I got really good at one year, probably several years. Um, those might be good Wacky Wednesday stories. Tune in on Instagram on Wednesday. We'll see if I can, if I feel up for sharing one of them. Um, I got really good at annoying my mother. And then <laughs> she loved it. And then I was working. And one year I had to break the two-hour concert rule to be able to make it to a Peter Eyed Christmas concert. I drove three hours. Stayed in a hotel by myself. Had a grand old time. Um, and then the concert bookended the year that I lived abroad. So I moved abroad in January of 2014. So there was the concert in December of 2013 as I'm like preparing to go and just the unknowns and the fear and the the excitement, yes, but just the, I was going to use the word dread. I don't know if that's really the word I wanted, but there was some, there were a lot of negative emotions, just so, like there were positive emotions. And by December, they were mostly negative emotions because you had committed to this thing that you just were not understanding. All of a sudden it's right here in front of you. And then December of 2014, so now the last thing I did before I left and the first thing I did when I got back is this same Peter Eyed Christmas concert. And December 2014, like, I was in the thick of re-entry. Like, reverse culture shock is so real. Maybe someday I will talk more about what re-entry looked like, but it was, it was rough. Like, people would stare at me and they'd be like, you're not okay. And I'd be like, yeah, what was your first clue? And they'd be like, but I don't know how to help. But I'm like, I don't I don't even know what I need, much less how to ask for help. And they just like sit with me um, was the best thing that they could do because no one could figure out like what was wrong with me. Um, and then there were the years of seminary, which if I thought reentry was bad, whew, compared to seminary, seminary reentry was great, probably because it was much shorter. But um, I didn't even know which way was up during seminary. Um, I didn't know what I believed about God or anything like that. And so the Peter Eyed Christmas concert was an escort back to the manger, which is absolutely beautiful. And then there was a digital show of the pandemic, which it's not the same to watch it on a big screen TV, but it sure was fun. And then back to real life this year, not that the pandemic's over by any stretch of the imagination, but the ability to gather again in my mask in the back row it's one of those Christmas traditions that I have that even when I've traveled the world, even when I've lived in different states, I've been able to make time or to find a nearby, in quotes, Peter Eyed Christmas concert. It's one of those anchors that I know is going to come every single year. And I'm sure someday there won't actually be a Peter Eyed Christmas concert for me to go to. And then I'll have to watch the online show again. Or some of the video footage that I have because I was on his ministry staff for a while. So I got to take videos of the shows. Um, but it's not Christmas until you've been to a Peter Ride Christmas concert. And it's one of my Advent traditions. I would venture to say it's one of my favorite Advent traditions. And something that's fascinating to me is that so many different religions and cultures have holidays or traditions built around the concept of light to be celebrated on these dark winter days. Like we talked about Deepavali with Crunch a couple weeks ago. We talked about Hanukkah with Lisa two weeks ago. Like, and there are so many more that I was not able to include this year. If your winter holiday has not been included, let me know because 
we holidays come every year right and so we're always looking for guests for next year by the way coming two weeks from now we're going to talk about Kwanzaa so another holiday of light even though we haven't heard about it yet and so I wanted to know a little bit more about my holiday of light I grew up Lutheran which I've mentioned before on the show Um, I'm kind of a Lutheran Baptist Pentecostal if you want to know where I land theologically I hit it all Um, and so I grew up celebrating Advent but I've been asking people lately like why do we celebrate Advent? And they're like, Katie, what kind of Lutheran are you? Like, we prepare our hearts for the coming of Jesus. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I know. But like, why do we have candles? Why do we um, have wreaths? What, where did this come from? Like, what's the history of this tradition? And they're like, it's just what we do every year. This is the way it works. You're Lutheran, remember? That was mean. Sorry. Um, I don't know where the history of Advent came from. And if you know, please educate me because I would love to learn. But y'all, I have an MDiv from like a basically Lutheran seminary and none of the resources on my shelf address the history of Advent. Not a single one. Like I've got a really robust library. Like it contains Bibles in different languages, like languages I can't even read. I've got books of worship from two different denominations. I didn't really expect to find anything about Advent in my Baptist hymnal, but I did learn the best explanation I've ever heard about communion and the different facets of communion from my Baptist church. So I didn't completely disregard it. Sometimes it's helpful to learn about your own traditions from someone else's perspective. I only own a small catechism. I don't own a large catechism or a book of Concord. I'm confident someone is already shipping me a book of Concord because you need to own one of those. But I found one online and still couldn't find any like real information as to why we celebrate Advent. Um, Why are there four candles? Why is one of them pink? Like I know it's the joy candle, but like why is joy so special? It needs to be pink. Why do we do this? Why, 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 why? These types of questions um, make me unwelcome in a lot of churches, by the way. So I did my best using some um, highly unreliable internet sources to learn about Advent and remember the theme for this episode. I don't really know. Let's roll with that. Um, I'm not claiming any of this information is infallible. I could learn something new tomorrow. In fact, I kind of hope I learn something new tomorrow. Because, well, I like to learn new things, and it's basically my new thing, my job to learn new things every day. So um, I'll probably learn new things tomorrow, and this whole podcast will be outdated by then. But this is what I know as of right now. And if you know more or you know differently, tell me, um, teach me, educate me. That's, that's something I love. Or come on the show and tell us all. That would be awesome. So my um, highly unreliable internet sources... So there are a lot of different opinions for the history of Advent, and um, big surprise, some of them are conflicting. Welcome to Christianity. Like, does it start the Sunday after Thanksgiving? Or does it start four Sundays before Christmas? Does it start on November 30th? Or does it start on November 11th? It all depends on who you ask. What I see most commonly is the four Sundays before Christmas. Don't get me started on what those four Sundays signify. We'll get there, but let's do the history first. So one unreliable internet resource I read said that Advent started in the 4th century where recent converts to Christianity readied themselves for baptism. Okay, wow, that's beautiful. But I have a lot of questions. Like, what does readying entail? Like, you like got to curl your hair or something? Like, you're going to get wet. Or do you like have to pass a test or something? Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a free gift. So what does readying mean? And like, why weren't they just baptized on the spot? Like the Ethiopian in Acts 8? Um, 
the Ethiopian in Acts 8 is reading scripture and Philip's like, you understand all that? And the Ethiopian's like, nah, dude. And so Philip like jumps in his Uber and explains Jesus while they're on the road. I don't know where Philip was going. He just decided to accompany the Ethiopian. And they like pass this puddle and Ethiopian's like, should I just get baptized right now? And Philip's like, yeah, dude. So why were we waiting to baptize people? Like what, what kind of readying needed to happen? Um, and maybe this is the Minnesotan in me, but okay, if we're only going to baptize people once a year, I don't know if that's how it worked, but if we're only going to baptize people once a year, why do we pick December? Like, I don't want anything to do with water. Um, right now in December, it snowed for the first time this season, this week. And I was reminded first of all of how beautiful it is, but, um, second of all of how much I don't really like living here. I, um, slipped up my driveway trying to bring in my garbage can today. That was fun. I literally had to grab my house to stay upright because the garbage can on wheels was not helping. Um, <laughs> it, it was, you know, those um, videos you see on the internet. It was one of those. I wish that I had a house cam that could um, show you this awesome ice skating I did up my driveway. But anyway, so Advent started as a way to prepare themselves for baptism. Then during the Middle Ages, it was preparing for the second coming of Christ. Again, How? Like, are we washing my floors so that the people who are left behind don't see my dirt? Like, what do you do to prepare for the second coming of Christ? And like, how is that any different from how you live your life? Okay, that's not a judgmental, but like, I'm genuinely curious. Like, isn't our whole life's purpose to be preparing for the second coming of Christ? So I have a lot of questions. And it sounds like the Eastern Orthodox Church has more of like a Lenten tradition for Advent. So here in the West, Lent is the 40 days before Easter. It starts on Ash Wednesday, which is another made-up holiday, by the way. It's a season of repentance, of fasting, of preparing for the death and the resurrection of the Savior. And I want to know more about this Eastern Orthodox tradition because I definitely feel like we should find somebody who is Orthodox to be able to come on the show. If you know anyone, email me. Katie at katieaxelson.com. Have them email me. I don't care. Make an introduction. Um, Because they've got some really cool traditions, like a nativity fast. I have a lot of questions. I just have so many questions. So some of the answers I have learned. Some traditions celebrate Advent with wreaths. Why? Well, according to my unreliable internet sources, the circle symbolizes life. And they're evergreens. Like eternal life and they're bringing light because they have candles on them bringing light to the darkest season of the year today we would call that cheesy but it's tradition tradition that started in northern europe and the candles are purple because purple is a rare dye and so it's considered royalty but sometimes they're blue which symbolizes daylight or hope i like daylight i like hope and some traditions use all white candles i've never seen an advent wreath with all white candles but that's cool it symbolizes purity Or there was one pope, I looked up his name, I didn't write it down, I don't remember who it was, but there was one pope that declared the official color of Advent to be, are you ready for this? You're not ready. The official color of Advent was black. Have you ever seen black Advent candles? I have not. I have seen some very deep purple, I have seen some very deep blue, but I have never seen black Advent candles. Also, while we're talking about purple again, is it like the deep purple or is it like lavender? And still, why does the joy candle get its own color? 
Why is joy special enough that it just needs to be pink? I don't understand. Some traditions have one candle called the Christ candle. So some Advent, most Advent rates have five candles. Three pink one, three purple ones, excuse me, three purple ones, one pink one. The pink one is lit on the third Sunday. It represents joy or other things. We'll get to that in a minute. And so it's like purple, purple, pink, purple. You're like, well, what's that all about? And then there's a white one on some churches, Advent wreaths, some churches, some people's Advent wreaths. And the white one is the Christ candle. And some traditions have just one candle, the Christ candle. And there is a line on it each day for how much you should burn that day. You know, like a water bottle that tells you how much water to drink each day? One candle burning slowly down in preparation. Um, or the, the colors, the Eastern, Eastern Christianity tends to use red and gold, which is really pretty and really um, Christmassy, but not what I typically have ever seen. So we don't really know where that pink candle came from, but pink. And then there's the calendar, the Advent calendar, which came from Germany in the late 1880s. The original images were from the Bible. They didn't originally have doors. There was not chocolate behind them until like... I don't remember if it was like the 1940s or 1950s or something. Cadbury was involved. Imagine that. The calendar starts December 1st, which may or may not be the start of Advent traditionally. So there's some wonky stuff there. And then there was also a calendar version where you weighed chalk lines on the door, like with chalk, like sidewalk chalk, and you would erase them as it got closer. So it kind of sounds like a paper chain, but chalk on the door instead. So all sorts of different traditions that come from all sorts of different places and have all sorts of different meanings. So the candles, generally, this is the one that I see most often and and am doing myself in the, I was going to call them Advent devotionals that I'm sending out. They're more like Advent musings, kind of like this whole podcast. Every Sunday, I'm sending something related to Advent to email friends. So you can sign up katie at katieaxelson.com. And the theme that we're following is what I've seen as most traditional, at least from my Lutheran background, of the candles, and that is hope, peace, joy, and love. The Sundays can also be the second coming, the preparing the way, and then there was another one with like more John the Baptist. I don't really understand the difference between Sundays two and three in this tradition, and then Mary and Joseph. Or there's like the ancestors, like the history of um, the Jews, And then the prophecies about the Messiah and the stirring up of faith and the excitement. And then the angel candle announcing the coming of the Messiah. Or there's like the prophet's candle, the Bethlehem candle, the shepherd's candle, and the angel's candle, which is hope, faith, joy, and peace. Or there's the prophets, the angels, the shepherds, and the magi. Or there's faith, prepare, joy, and love. So basically, I mean, just pick four things, right? (laughs) And have a theme. So Advent represents three different things. One, the physical coming of Christ to Bethlehem. Two, the reception of Christ in the hearts of believers. Three, the second coming of Christ at the end times. There was a lot to this holiday that I did not know anything about. Like, it's just the things that we do. Okay, but why do we do them? You know, I always thought it was just preparing our hearts for Jesus, and it is. But it's so many different traditions that are designed to prepare our hearts that If you'll notice, there's one thing missing from this episode, and that is scripture. Like, there was no Advent in the Bible. It just is not a thing. But it is still tradition. 
and traditions are like anchors. They're those things that come that we celebrate every year, that we know are coming even in the chaos of the world, even in the pandemic and the unprecedented times and even in the precedented times. They're those things that we know exist every year. And so what's my point? My point is, first of all, there's a lot that I have to learn and my um, unreliable internet sources have educated me quite a bit, but I'm eager to learn more. Stay tuned. We'll see what what that looks like. I don't know. It might be next year. Um, but it's also taking a look at what traditions are serving you and which ones aren't and embracing the ones that are and throwing out the ones that aren't without any shame, without any obligation, without any feeling like you have to actually do this. And I'll be honest, my Christmas tree isn't even up yet at this point. It, it might not go up. I mean, you'll have to follow on Instagram to see if it goes up. I decorated my mom's house for Thanksgiving or for Christmas at Thanksgiving. And I say my mom's house, it's my dad's house too. They both live there, but my mom's in charge of the decorating. So I decorated my mom's house. My dad was out in the woods chopping trees. You you think I'm kidding. I'm not. He was, he was out there chopping trees. When mom and I decorated his house, their house, this is, I need to go to bed. It is bedtime. So mom and I decorated with um, moral support and criticism and minimal participation from my sister while the men were out chopping woods and so I did their tree and I did their kitchen and I don't remember what else we did but it was a lot and then I got home and was like oh now I have to do my own house that didn't happen and my Christmas stuff is stuck like in a closet that I affectionately refer to as Christmas because I only have to go in there once a year to get it out and then once a year to put it away and it's just not an easy access closet. Like, I have to move. It's, like, deep in the back of the closet. So I have to, like, move everything first to be able to get stuff out. And so that's a project. And then my Christmas tree takes up the whole living room. Like, so I have to figure out someplace else to work out. And then I have to work out in the spare bedroom. And I know, first world problems. But also, like, putting up the Christmas tree by yourself, it's just not fun. I mean, this is single adult life, right? So I'm used to doing things like this by myself. And there have been years I've invited friends over to help me put up my tree. And well, the dinner I had planned got canceled because hashtag COVID. But I think the tree might not go up this year. And that's okay. I think the rest of the decorations will probably go up if I ever dig out, dig them out of the closet. But one year I left my nativity scenes up, literally all year long. My roommates didn't so much appreciate it, but I thought it was fun. I lost their boxes and then I found them again the next year in the fall stuff. But by that point, it was already October and I was like, I'm just going to leave them up for two more months. But I found their boxes to put them away. My roommates were like, don't you dare lose those boxes again. I was like, okay, fine. So there are some families that I know that their tradition is to set up the nativity scene, but not include the baby Jesus until Christmas. Or I've heard of other ones who will, like, move the magi across the house as they journey towards the manger. Okay, that's fun. I might do that one. It's kind of a fun variation of Elf on the Shelf, um, although I might also do it to annoy the people I live with, if I lived with people, to be like, where are the magi going to show up today? And I bet I could come up with some pretty creative places for them to show up. But ultimately, pick the tradition that's going to work for you. Pick the tradition that's going to prepare your heart for Christmas. 
we didn't plan to go to 15 years worth of Peter Ride Christmas concerts when we showed up to that first one. <laughs> In fact, that first one we showed up to, we showed up like awkwardly early, like a half an hour before the next people showed up. Like literally we took pictures in various seats across the sanctuary because we're like, hmm, I have to pick my seat. What's going to be a good one? Um, and here it's become 15 years later. And I mean, some years have more than one Christmas concert, right? So thousands, it's felt like, of Christmas concerts later. And it's the escort back to the manger that my heart yearns for every year. And this year, Matri might not be part of the tradition, though I do love seeing everyone else's Christmas trees in their windows. Or the lights. The lights did not get outside. Normally, I'm the master of exterior illumination. My lights did not make it up before the first snow, and uh, so they might not make it up because it's cold and snowy. And who really wants to be outside when it's cold and snowy? But I also know that there are some years that the tree and the lights make a huge difference. Or like the year that I lived abroad, my teammates had never heard of Advent. We came from a variety of different denominational backgrounds, and I was the... um, represented Lutheran, the sole representation from the um, liturgical church. And after a year with strangers who had literally become families, like to the point where I had hand-washed their underwear, I can't believe I just submitted that on the internet. Yes, I did. It was weird. Admitting it is probably more weird. But anyway, these strangers who had become family and to spend this entire year with them, but to not spend Christmas with them felt strange. So during our last month together, it was November, we celebrated Advent. And I went around and realized that among the seven of us, we conveniently had three purple water bottles and one pink water bottle. Why is the joy candle pink? And then I grabbed my contact solution to be the Christ candle. So then we had a white water bottle, too, water contact solution bottle. And we took our headlamps and we put the headlamps on top of the water bottle depending on what week it was, to represent the lighting of the candle while we read the Christmas story and we talked about it together. It was a tradition that is ridiculous, but it served me that year. It served our team that year. In fact, there have been a couple of years since then that people have messaged me and been like, I had never heard of Advent before you introduced me, but I've made it part of my Christmas tradition. So that's what I've got for you today is a little bit of um, maybe reliable history on where Advent came from. An invitation to turn this season into a tradition of your own. Make a tradition. Borrow one that already exists. Invent a new one. Move your magic across the house. See what kind of, like, princess characters can visit the nativity scene or like Yoda or something. I saw somebody post a picture of their nativity scene on Facebook that had a Yoda at it. I don't think he was actually there, but maybe. Is Yoda a he? In the day? I don't, I don't know. Either way, what tradition is going to escort you back to the manger? Maybe you don't want to listen to Christmas music until after Christmas. Like, The 12 days of Christmas are actually the 12 days between Christmas Day, December 25th, and January 6th, which is Epiphany or Three Kings Day. Like, the song, The 12 Days of Christmas, 
actually that's ha- that has a fun history too. Every single one of the 12 days of Christmas represents something different. So like the partridge in a pear tree is Jesus, of course. And then the two turtle doves are the Old and New Testaments. Three French hens seems real random, but it's faith, hope, and charity, which are theological virtues. Okay, still seems kind of random. Four calling birds, four gospels. That's kind of a given. Five golden rings, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. Six geese laying, the six days of creation, seven swans of swimming, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, seven sacraments. Eight maids of milking, the Beatitudes. Nine ladies dancing, fruit of the Spirit. Ten lords of leaping. I bet you can't guess that one. Ten commandments. Eleven pipers piping, the eleven faithful um, disciples. Twelve drummers drumming. The twelve points of the doctrine of the Apostles' Creed. Yes, my friends, even the twelve days of Christmas has a um, Christian background. And the twelve days, like I said, start December 25th. So some people don't listen to Christmas music until December 25th. Then they only listen to it for 12 days. I like Christmas music way too much to only listen to it for 12 days. I am known to start listening to Christmas music like in September. But sometimes if my phone plays a Christmas song and it's like April, I don't skip it. I mean, it depends on what the song is, right? Like I'm not going to be singing Let It Snow in April. I'm like, let it not snow ever, ever, ever in April. But it does. So what is going to help you prepare your heart? for Christmas because I think we all know that Christmas is going to be a little bit different this year and I think we all know that sometimes coming up with our own Christmas list is just as hard as buying gifts for other people and the cookie baking and no matter how hard I try like I try so hard to protect the month of December like I have a nothing in December rule like I don't do podcast interviews in December I don't do like any major things in December This year I have one trip in December. That is kind of a last minute thing. But I don't do things in December. Like December is Christmas. And it still is always full. So full. So what tradition is going to help you create space to remember the reason for the season? Oh my gosh, that was so cheesy. I can't believe I just said that. I am so sorry, everybody. You have been with me for the last 30 minutes learning what I don't know. And I just threw a reason for the season joke out there. We're gonna be done. We're 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 done. We we are done here. My mission is accomplished. What tradition is gonna serve you? As always, big thanks for listening. Hey, if you want more Advent ramblings like this podcast episode, jump over to katieaxelson.com, sign up to get the email newsletter. That is coming out every week right now because hashtag Advent. Um, Typically, it's about once a month. And it's got some other Advent things as we follow through the season to help prepare our hearts for Christmas. Let's also connect on Instagram. I'm at Katie Axelson on there. Katie Axelson Writer on Facebook. And, of course, if you have a story that you want to share or if you know someone who's got a story that would love to be told here on Have Hope Will Travel, hit me at katie at katieaxelson.com. We can't represent every single holiday here on the show. I wish that we could. But here's the beauty of holidays. They come up every year. So if I've missed one that's important to you, maybe I couldn't find the right guest. Like there was one holiday this fall that I really, really, really wanted to represent and I couldn't find the right voice to do it. But if it comes every year, we can get ahead of the game and start for next year. I'm totally on board with that. So let's start the conversation. 
and maybe be nice to me if I missed your holiday because I'm sorry. I wish that I could represent everybody, but I can only represent the voices that I know about. So if you want to share your voice, let me know. Be blessed, my friends. Know that you are loved. Know that that baby in the manger absolutely adores you. And to borrow from Peter Ride, may you find joy, love, and hope in the one who has come this Christmas. Mm-hmm.